Hey, Sergio. Hey. Welcome to Harajuku Data Lake. This is our second episode. Last week, we talked a little bit about GitLab and the database incident that they had on January 31st. Uh, just a quick follow-up for that. On February 11th, they did release a release a official post-mortem of that outage. So if you want to check it out, that will be in the show notes. Today, instead of a more technical topic, we're going to be talking about something slightly more philosophical. We're going to be talking about work, work, jobs, and careers. We're going to shoot for 20 minutes, so let's see how this goes. So, Sergio, first question, why do you work? Mm. 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 <laughs> so difficult, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I, I think it depends of of the moment of your life, no? that you have some kind of ambitions or another. For example, when you are young, you start working, you get a salary, probably is the first one. And in that moment, you want just a little bit of money. In the moment that you got more experience, I think you want some kind of recognition, and you want to have challenge and you want to have a good uh, kind of boss or leader who you can learn from, a good team. And maybe later you want maybe a bit more calm, no? In the moment that you get older, you, you are don't have so much energy. I think in that moment you decide not to work by another reason. There is a video of the Alibaba founder, it's very interesting, talking mm -hmm. about uh, the different ages, no? He was talking something like, when you are from 20 to 30, you have to uh, learn from a boss, a, go a good guy who is able to teach you and then be a professional, no? In the moment that you are th uh, 30 to 40, in that moment you want to be create your own company. Later, you want to teach to the new uh, people, no? to the new workers. So I, I think it, why do you work? I think it's related to the time, no? It's like, mm. but I, I guess that everybody needs to work. That's very important. Everybody needs to work because you realize yourself and then you decide, no? If you worry more about the salary, you worry more about to be near your office, you you work less hours, you work in something you like, you work in something you don't like. But it depends. It depends the person. Why do you work, Maurice? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was, I was just about to ask you the exact same question again. Uh, so, why do we, um, so I've been living in Japan for about 11 years. And for me, a big part of the reason that I work is to be able to stay in Japan and to maintain the lifestyle that I do. So I don't need a giant salary, but I do prioritize location. I also, the reason I work where I do right now is because I want to focus my career more on engineering mm. and I want, I want to challenge myself and I want to learn more. So I've done a few different jobs in Japan. I think the very what the first job that I did in Japan was as a uh, coordinator for international relations with the JET program. And that was not, it's a great title. It's a great title, but it ended up being working in a small town office in rural Japan, which was a really interesting experience for a year, but it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to make a career out of. Uh, after that, I came to Tokyo and I worked at a telecommunications firm, which was definitely closer to what I wanted to be doing. Uh, I've always loved networks, and it was really, really interesting to work at a global network operations center. Uh, I went back to school. After that, I worked at Microsoft for a while. And I've sort of, oh, oh, through this 
this it's been a for me it's been a progression progression of jobs that get progressively more technical and closer to i over time i get a better understanding of what i really want to be doing and as i get a better better understanding of what i really want to be doing i get closer to the jobs that i really like yeah for me for example is quite important when you create a product that the people they really use i don't really like to be in a company that you feel like nobody's going to use that even you have a good salary even you have good conditions i want to create something in the world not to say oh maybe to think about that the world become better because you were there no and the people is using your software and they are enjoying and they really like it and i like this kind of of thing yeah uh, one thing that you said before about to be mm -hmm. here in japan and i i never got this experience is to be in a real japanese company you know and uh, i think that's very nice i think that's an experience and i love to have new experience and well i really miss in that in some way you know but after all because i know from so many friends how they are everybody nobody nobody recommend me to go to a japanese company <laughs> but uh, maybe it's a good experience yeah yeah who knows I, I think it, it. I mean, obviously, it really depends on the company, but certainly, uh, a lot of the major employers that uh, a lot of people work at um, aren't particularly highly recommended. But uh, there are certainly better companies to work for, I believe. But um, I want to go back to briefly something you said right there about uh, working on a product that has an impact on the world, because that's sort of one of the things I wanted to talk about is how important in choosing the company you work for and the job you do is not not just the salary and the things that you get out of it but how much you impact you have on the world so and i i like to think you know um i'm opposed to war so i never want to work for a military contractor similarly maybe i'm not a big fan of facebook so that's not a company i would really consider working for on the other hand a company like google I look at their values, I look at the products that they're creating, and I say, wow, that's a company I would love to work for. Similarly with Tesla. So what about you? How, how important is that, you know, when, when you're balancing things like work-life balance and salary and the technologies you get to work with, how important is the impact of what you're actually doing? Yeah, yeah, I, I understand you. Uh, but I, I think we are, we have uh, the keyword here is opportunity. And I think that we have the opportunity to choose the company. There are other people, so many people that they don't really have the opportunity to choose that. So they have to choose from whatever is left, no? In our case, I think that we are lucky and we can do that. So mm. in, in my case, in my case, in all the four companies, I have choose the company. I I am happy. I never regret being one of them. Uh, and I, I think it's very important. Yeah, for me, it's very important, but I have also this kind of power to decide if I want to stay or not. And yeah, so I, I think it's, it's very important, really important. Yeah, but I can choose. Other people, they don't. So. Right, of course, of course. But are you choosing based, like, like wh what do you use to decide whether you want to work for a company? Are you choosing based on salary? Are you choosing based on the technology stack you get to work with? Are you choosing based on the role? Probably the, the, the salary is not important. The salary at the end is, is just a measure that they give you as a value. So it means, okay, we really... Uh, think that you are critical, that you are a very good employee, we are going to raise your salary. That's interesting. I think you have to trust in the company. They have to trust you. So it's a bi-directional 
relationship. So in this way, mm -hmm. you are going to have to find out what happens. I think that you should never try to arrive to a company and try to be like the best. Probably in the moment that you are there, six months, one year, in that moment you are gonna realize that, and they are gonna realize about you. So try to be humble in this in this meaning. But what you asked me about, uh, well, well, you should try. You should try to be the best. But yes, yes, yes. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you don't have to try to, um, like, to be the unique, to be selfish. You don't have to be like, oh, mm. everybody depends on me. No, you have to be another one. Do your best, your, your best job. Try to feed the company. You have to uh, be good with the client, with the company, and with you yourself, okay? Uh, I think th this is in order. Uh, and then... Mm. Uh, I th I think you have to be the best. Of course, you have to be the best with the company, but with yourself. That's of course, but this different. That when you have to arrive to a company and the first day, oh, I have more experience. You are nobody. No, no, no. The company that you arrive <laughs> is going to teach you a lot, and you have to be open mind to to understand that. And answering mm. your question, and I like that one. Is I think I really uh, appreciate what is the teamwork, and teamwork means your coworkers. If you are in a company that the coworkers they are like dead, I'm not gonna say a big company, <laughs> but like a big company. Um, it depends. Uh -huh. It depends on the company. But if you feel that you are every day doing a kind of routine that you cannot talk with your coworkers and not, uh, try to understand this word, but I, I like to be like a family. It's not a family. It's a business. But it's the hmm. kind of feeling like. Uh, you talk with the people, you can do something else with the, that people. I think that it's like a relationship. Like when you are with a girlfriend and in that moment, well, partner, and in that moment you break up and I like to keep in contact. In contact, in the meaning of that, um, that's a person. It's not something that happened that has been two years and mm. that's gone. And No, no, for me it's something more than this. So, but it's just it's another kind of relation. But I think that the company is the same. You have to be like respect, no? This this relationship because these guys they hire you because they needed something from you and you needed something from them. As you said before, you are in some way okay uh, by the by the visa to be here. And I I am not so worried about this. I if I think if I I cannot stay in one company, I can choose another one. But I can choose another one, or I can move. Or I can go back to Spain or even USA or whatever. It's because I am good doing my job, and this means to be a professional. Okay, but that, that's another talk. But mm. uh, I I appreciate a lot the kind of team, the the people that they are there, and that you you are more than just an employee. And you are in a room and. You don't talk with nobody else. Uh, I like this kind of projects that we are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the audience, both Sergio and I uh, happen to work at the same company. <laughs> so uh, one of the... Actually, I, want, I wanted to dig in there a little bit because there is, I think, this idea of the engineer uh, working as a single unit uh, so that there's the idea that engineers should should don't have to be social. And... One of the things that I really love about uh, our work environment is that we are very social. Uh, we, we talk all the time about work, about non-work, about architecture. Uh, we learn, we teach each other. And then we also, you know, when, when we need to focus, we can focus as well, of course. But um, I think, you know, especially when it comes to remote work, something that people deal with a lot is, 
you, you don't actually get to see your coworkers face to face. And you have to sort of create that time for just talking about things. So even though we are engineers working on a development team, being social is really important important part of that yeah before this we are human no we are person we are individuals so i think we have to consider each other yeah but i i think mm. i think that in the kind of startup this kind of model of company or the culture that we're talking about i think that it's very normal that everybody is in the same room everybody is a kind of full stack everybody has to talk with everybody, you know. So I think it's more normal that it happens in a, a small company than a large one, no? Because in a large one, you have these policies, the privacy, the different departments. <laughs> there, it's more it's something very important. If we talk about a business, uh, there are a lot of politics, and politics in the big companies they are worse than the small ones because a small company cannot handle this situation. If you are creating a, a bad mood they are gonna fire you that's over you have been in the company mm. at, at most four years that's a startup so it, yeah in a company like this it's gonna be quite different the kind of politicals but in all of them they are political yeah yeah definitely when i have worked in larger companies they, those have definitely at least in my experience been you know obviously social i mean it's not like you don't talk to your coworkers at all but it's been a less intense social experience for me um okay so we've talked a little bit about why you work i think the next topic we want to talk about is uh, what makes a good job i I think i think we have been talking a little bit about what makes a good job no because a good job is the the job that you decide if you are really in that job because you can decide that that's 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 the mm. best job for you uh, because uh, i i could say though no, i don't like this job but i i like the other one so i mean it, it's very subjective i think that what we said mm. right now uh teamwork uh, a company that is really caring about you and he sponsored your visa um the kind of yeah that's Oh, okay. So it's sort of like... Uh... Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think we cannot talk so much about this. It's very, very personal. So if you are happy, if if, if you like challenge and you have challenge every day, that's good. If you are in a routine and you like the routine, that's fine. You, you don't have to criticize the others because you don't really know the situation that they arrive there. No? So there are so many people that not talking about computers, but other situations that... Uh, it's a good job well um, maybe they didn't decide but the job is good it says but they didn't decide yeah actually that's sort of interesting i mean and since you know a good job is a job that you decide to do and a lot of people unfortunately don't really have the ability or options to choose don't have a lot of choices so they do end up in jobs that they aren't deciding to do yeah I, i think it's more about opportunities i think that the key is more opportunity than to choose it's opportunity. I think everything is an opportunity because there are companies, and I have seen these companies, that they spend so much money just training people that they were, they didn't have the knowledge in that case. And I have seen in Spain things like that. But it's fine, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't have to judge this situation, but uh, yeah. Mm. So just a, a bad match between the people and the company. Exactly. And- you know, even though it's necess- it might be a good job, it's not a job for that person. Exactly. Or, or it's a very good job, but the person, he he doesn't deserve because he doesn't have 
what he needed before arrived to the company, but he learned. Why? Well, because he had the opportunity. He was a friend of someone that let him inside. That That's perfect. Fine. Mm. But, I mean, it, you don't really need to have all the requirements. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Every situation is unique. Mm. But I, I tell you this because I have seen in Spain. It was, well, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so... um. I think the, the third thing I want to talk briefly about is careers and what makes a career. I know in my particular experience, I see the series of jobs that I have as forming this journey where it starts at very general, you know, I knew after I graduated from college that I wanted to come to Japan, but I didn't have a very good sense of what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't even really have a very good sense of what I wanted to study in college, but as I've worked in different companies and as I've explored my own interests, I've started, I've really begun to understand where my true interests lie. And given that, I see my jobs as sort of slowly moving more and more in the direction that I want them to move in. Um, and in, in a sense, in, in one sense, the, the way, when I describe it that way, I think it makes a lot of sense. Another way, to, if you describe it slightly differently, it could be that I'm just doing a completely random series of jobs that don't, aren't actually related to each other. Um, I see the relation in my own life, but and I see it sort of turning into a career, but it's certainly not a career in the sense that I graduated college knowing exactly what I wanted to do and pursued that and became extremely successful at that one thing. So how, how do you, what's your career look like? Are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this is the Ask Sergio podcast. So. No, I I think it's, it's it's very interesting what you have done. I think that um, in in Spanish you can say a sentence that is uh, "Todos los caminos llevan a Roma." That means that all the ways they go to Rome. That is was the the center in the imperial Rome. Mm, so all roads lead all roads lead to Rome. That one, perfect. Uh, so, so <laughs> wait. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that even you take a different path, you are gonna arrive to the same place. No, so it means that there are different ways to do a single thing. So you you arrive to a to a to a position that is like engineer position, and you didn't do the kind this kind of normal the the the. Yeah, the, the normal path, no? Everything that everybody told you, oh, you have to study the degree of this, you have to start to a, a single job like this, you have to enter to a big company. All of this, you have, I mean, you have done your own path. And that's very, very mm. interesting, very interesting. So if you ask me about me, well, uh, my case is maybe a bit different than that. Is uh, when I was eight years old, I, I already was like, I love the computers and I started doing a lot of stuff myself. When I was, for example, 15 years old, I started to do some video games of Flash. Mm -hmm. uh, and well, yeah, I did a lot of security things. And later, well, I <coughs> I, I, I went to the degree, <laughs> I, I went to the kind of degree that I wanted, no? So I chose and I had it very clear what I wanted to be. I I knew mm. that for my the rest of my life, like almost uh, 40 years, I was going to be working in something that I had passion for it. No? So my hobby mm. and my profession is the same. 
and so I decide, and maybe that's why I I have this kind of knowledge, experience, um, tracking, no, all the situation. I mean, in my situation, I was definitely, you know, I knew that I loved computers from when I was a kid, and you know, I was always. I collected old computers as a kid. I enjoyed programming and basic sure. and everything. But uh, for some reason, and I'm not really sure how this came to be, uh, I got this idea in my head that that would always be a hobby. And then I would study something that had that, that was more real. So I was going to study something like international relations or economics. Yeah. And then I was going to use my hobby and apply my hobby to those fields, but it wasn't necessarily going to be my specialization. And over time, my perspective has changed a lot, where now I see what was my hobby as essentially what should have, what, at least for me now, should be the primary focus of my career. One question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that in that moment when you choose to more kind of international affairs, whatever, you were, um, mm -hmm. you were like pushed by the society? Because I think that it used to happen, no? Like, oh, you are gonna study computers. Nobody use that. Don't, don't care about no. I I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? It was definitely. I mean, I did take. You know, I took three hundred level computer science courses and computer graphics and all that, and programmed in Java and C plus plus when I was in college. But I think it it was around my sophomore year, and it was kind of like it was a very small college. And so a very small computer science program. And computer science, it was kind of like it was 10 white nerds in a room. <laughs> and I guess I just didn't see myself as, you know, I was, maybe I looked like them, but I didn't really feel like they were part of my culture. Yeah, so. I see. And so, you know, maybe uh, if I had ended up at a different school, I might have ended up studying to something totally different. But, uh, you know, from where I was right at that particular time, uh, I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I can study this anytime. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think the society makes you decide something. So in a lot of cases... Right, well, and you, you think you're making the decision on your own. Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, you don't feel the pressure... You don't feel the pressures from pressure from society it just sort of happened that's 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 right uh i love i love the kind of social engineering and all this stuff and uh when you are trick you don't know that you are trick and this mm -hmm. happens the same in the society when you are being told that you want something and at the end you want this something you don't really realize that it's other person who decides for you this is all the marketing that we have every day we see something, oh, I would like to take a coffee in a Starbucks. Why? Why? Because it's cool, because it's, it's, I don't know, whatever you want. But, but a lot of times, it's not that you have the necessity. It's that someone gave gave you that that thought and you just got as yourself. No. So here, I think that the society mm. is telling you, like, oh, you have to be a doctor, because if you are not a doctor, you're not going to have a good salary. Or you have to be a businessman, because here is impressive. No, it depends. Uh, and I think by country, we see these statistics, like, uh, I don't know, in USA, there are more business people. In, in Spain, there are more, uh, I don't know, whatever, uh, constructor, builders. And in Japan, there are more mm. 
for uh, salary men. I, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, so I cannot talk about this. But um, I think that the society itself tells you what you have to do. About Japan, we can talk a lot about what is the role of a person, the husband, the wife in the society. So it happens the same in Spain. How you are going to be cool? Oh, you are smart? Do this. Oh, you are not very smart? Okay, take this kind of education so you don't you don't have a difficult life. No? Mm. You are influenced by a lot of external factors in your life. And this happens. And I think that it's very nice that you realize later and say, oh, even this now, I'm going to try to change. I'm going to move to this direction and I think that's that's perfect and I think it's very like uh like you learn a lot from because it's it's not it's not the end it's all the way to arrive to the end when a when a startup is business it, sorry is successful it's not so important that it's successful I think from my point of view it's more the way until you found the startup and the moment that you sell the company in that moment is everything that happened these three, four, five years or one year or whatever. In that moment is what the experience is like, wow, I had one guy that they stay at night fixing this problem. We went to beers and drinking that day. We just uh, try this plan and it failed. All this kind of experience is what is really important. Everything else is, okay, you mm. want a company and well, big one, but that's all. That's... Yeah, I mean, so the experience of a startup is like challenging yourself and to and you know being part of this this team and trying to do something and really pushing yourself hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at the end, that, that's the idea: innovation, but innovation with a lot of risk. No, so you have to choose. There, there are people, and and it's also very very interesting. There are people that they could never, ne- never be a founder of a company because they don't have the the skills, but not the skills as knowledge, skills as a person, like aptitude to really um, are uh, to be under pressure, for example, or to accept a new challenge or to uh, or to accept some kind of risk. Well, the investors, they are going to make you a very, very difficult situation for you to to discover if you are good enough. Because at the end, once you sell the company, okay, even you are rich, whatever, I don't care about the money, is... Uh, you are gonna continue doing something else. So your life is the problem. The, the question is, okay, where it stand? No, what is to be successful? No, because mm. if or we are we are saying right now, what means? No, this uh, can you plan a career? Uh, it's like you want to be successful. You want to be, you want to be happy. Okay, what does it mean? This it means to have mm. three houses, or this it means to have a lot of friends, or to have a wife and kids, or to be alone mm. and and I don't know. So it's just okay. What what is your goal? No, what is uh, and that's another topic very interesting. Is what is your dream? No, what do you live for? So we we talked a little bit about pressures of society and what society expects from you and. Since we are Harajuku Data Lake, I think we should at least say a little bit about what, what the, the pressures of Japanese society on people. And I think, you know, we we talked about you know working for money, working for working to learn, working to be part of a team, working to challenge yourself. I think a a big part of work is social identity. It's this idea that a big part of being an adult is having a job. It's how you define yourself. It's where you spend most of your time. So. Especially in Japan, first you're a baby, then you're a student. At some point uh, after you graduate, you become a company worker, and then at some point you become unemployed. 
And there's this kind of cycle where it's incredibly important to be employed when you are of employment age. And if you kind of fall off that track, uh. <laughs> it's bad. So especially in Japan, there's this really strong pressure to study incredibly hard in high school to pass the entrance exams to good universities. Once you're into a good university, you're quite likely to graduate. I mean, as long as you show up for the final exam and take the test. So you're quite likely to graduate. So university students in Japan have a lot of time to explore other activities other than uh, academics. But once you graduate, it's also the, the last two years of, the, of university are occupied with the job search process. And you really, if you went, if you got into a good university, you really want to have an offer from at least one, but hopefully maybe three or four really big name companies. Um, and once you have an offer from a really big name company, uh, which you might get literally a year before you get hired, then you're fine. You get hired, you spend the first year or two as kind of a trainee. After that, you move up the seniority chain over time. Once you get to your 40s, you'll probably see a really big pay bump. And then when you're 64 or 65, you retire. Um, you, are, you, are talking, you are talking if you are a Japanese person in a Japanese company, if you are a foreign person that comes from outside to a Japanese company, you won't be able never to be promoted. You are going to arrive with a probably good salary, good conditions, but they are never going to understand that you can really understand the culture as them. And I think they are never give you the kind well, of task. I, I think... I, I think it really depends. I definitely know some... Uh, well, Japanese companies are changing a lot right now. So, it, for example, it used to be impossible to get promoted as a woman. Like 20 years ago, there were no women in management positions in Japanese companies. Over the past 10 years, that's really... you know The government has put a lot of pressure on companies to change their ways. So now you see women at uh, giant Japanese companies getting into management positions. And I think the same way that's also affected foreigners. So my friends from like China or the Philippines or other parts of Asia who have gone to Japanese universities, they're going through the exact same system where, you know, they're getting a job offer at the end of their college degree and they're entering Japanese companies. And they're entering Japanese companies not as foreigners, but as totally normal workers. So... On the other hand, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend that for you because you're coming from a totally different place uh, where you're already you're not you're not trying to start at the very, very bottom as a new grad and slowly, you know, spending 10, 15, 20 years to get up to a moderate salary. That's, that's, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a really, really different situation. Well, is it true that in the Japanese companies, the the workers they used to do like everything so even you are a very professional architect you have to clean the dishes like everybody in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> uh at the japanese companies i've worked at uh they have had janitorial staff okay, okay, so okay. it's okay <laughs> but i mean like but we know that in some company I mean, well, okay i mean the, the very the very first place i worked was a city office so they're definitely like <laughs> Yeah, there was, uh, I, I, were, I was at the Board of Education. So these are people that, uh, it's like the school board in the U.S. And I remember in the fall, there would just be some days where it was like, okay, 
you know, we have this center. The grass needs to get cut. So, you know, we're just going to, we're all going to go out and we're going to cut the grass. <laughs> wow, wow. And that was like three days. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, when I've worked at uh, large Japanese companies there, I mean, <laughs> actually, you know, I'm really the wrong person to ask because I haven't ever really worked in the U.S., uh-huh. but in my experience of large Japanese companies and large uh, foreign, large uh, subsidiaries of U.S. companies in Japan, it's been fairly similar. I see. Yeah, so maybe maybe we can conclude that depends on the company. At the end, it's not so yeah. much about the country, but can be very related to the to the company. And well, some companies and what they have listened from some from some friends, like for example Rakuten, even they try to be very international. At the end, they they are really really Japanese companies, from our point of view. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a little bit about work. Send us your feedback. Send us your questions. And uh, we're trying to keep this episode short. So let's cut it off here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, also, I wanted to call out our listeners from last week. So thank you for tuning in. We had Matthias. <laughs> and we had Sergio's girlfriend. So yay. Yeah. All right. Talk to everybody next week. <laughs>